What is your favourite place to eat in London? I don't have one yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? I do go to the Delaney a lot. Okay. It's right across the street from the theatre, so they're my... I'd say there, yeah. That's good, like post post show. Yes, every every other night, <laughs> and I love a good honest burger. That's the other thing. Hello and welcome to In the Frame. Oh my goodness, we have such a special guest for you. Today, I am delighted to be sharing my conversation with the wonderful Chanel Haynes, who is one of the actors playing Tina Turner in Tina the Musical in the West End at the moment. Chanel came into my podcast booth to record this episode and I just had the most spellbinding, it was almost like an out-of-body experience. Uh, if you don't know much about Chanel, let me let me educate you right here. Um, so she was discovered by Quincy Jones while still a teenager and became a founding member of the gospel trio Trinity 5-7. She was the lead singer of the group. They sold over two and a half million albums worldwide and earned two Grammy nominations. They were managed by Matthew Knowles, AKA Beyonce's dad, and they essentially spent nearly two decades entertaining audiences around the world in arenas. They did everywhere from Madison Square Garden to Wembley Stadium whilst both their first two albums debuted at number one on the Billboard Gospel chart. Chanel isn't totally new to theatre because she previously starred as Billie Holiday in Lady Day. Uh, she did that for a run in Texas and won Best Leading Actress in a Musical at the B. Iden Payne Awards. But Tina's a big deal for Chanel. She decided that she wanted to play this role. She auditioned on Broadway. She moved to London, brought her family with her. And it is an incredibly big moment. Uh, I've never heard a story quite like it. I've never met someone with uh, such drive and determination. Uh, it's an incredible conversation. Here's the interview. Chanel Haynes. You're in the frame. I'm in the frame. You're in the frame. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just riffed to a, like, a Grammy nominee. <laughs> what to Tina herself. Oh, this is going to be real, this this interview. I can't wait. You're rifting already? Oh, yes. <laughs> We're going to go. I want to talk all about vocals in a sec, actually. Like, I need to know. I, I don't get how anybody could do what you're doing on stage right oh now. Oh, my God. But I spoke to lovely Rianne Louise. Yes. For the Tina covers. And again, I'm just like, how yeah. do you do this? Anyway, before we do all that, okay. I want to know, how are you? I want to know what gear your head is in right here, right now, today. Oh, um, you know, I wake up in the morning and decide who I am that day. So it's very random. I could be, you know, in my fantasy world where I'm playing, you know, Bach and burning candles, you know, on vinyl, playing all my favorite classicals, or I'm just raging, running around the house with my newest wig because I get really excited when I get a new wig. Um, and... You know, yeah, my I'm a mom, you know, I have two kids. So sometimes, you know, I would just go to a museum, like just, it's really random. I don't have a set. I get bored very easily with like a pattern. I just have mm. to be in the moment. So, um, but right now, my head 
is right here slash a cheeseburger somewhere somehow. I gotta I gotta pull back on the cheeseburger. Chanel told me that she had not she haven't, haven't eaten, eaten today. today. And it's like two PM and you're playing Tina Turner tonight in the West End. <laughs> oh god. Sorry, maybe I should no. <laughs> I will I'll get it in there. I just yeah, I'll I'll find it. Um, <laughs> and you have had this whirlwind time. So know, people, some people listening might not know that you, uh, well, there's a whole journey about you getting to Tina, which I've been finding out about, which is crazy. <laughs> but then you were all ready to go. You got the role. Yes. You're about to open. And then the pandemic hit. Yes. So you had to wait yeah. all of this time. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're just ready to give birth and you're like 10 months pregnant. It's like... <laughs> When am I going to have this baby? And they say you have to keep the baby inside you for a whole nother oh, year. Another year. I'm like, this is very uncomfortable. <laughs> that's, that's not what anybody wants. No. Um, so if we rewind, you've had this incredible career in the music industry. Yes. But when you were growing up, when you were starting out, was there any presence of theatre in your life? You know... When I was in junior high, I had a teacher. Her name was Miss Sandra Anderson Richards. Ooh. And I just adore her. And she's still very much a part of my life. And she's always very proud of anything I've accomplished. But it was, um, she saw that talent in me, that gift in me. But I, it was very awkward for me to like improv like that kind of I just would freeze up like this so but in seventh grade I did have a little moment where I would you know work with with my teacher but it wasn't something I ever really pursued acting is I am not a trained actress I'm not a trained singer I'm not a trained dancer did you ever see theater I did I did but not not that I mean you will think I am the most ignorant person on the West End because I only obsessed about one day playing Tina Turner. Um, I have seen a few shows. Um, you know, I took the boys to see Lion King. I know I'm going to sound so ridiculous right now, but <laughs> it's just a handful of things I've seen. Um, but, I mean, concerts I love. Yeah, but I love and, that. No, but I think that's amazing because so many p different people come to theatre from different paths and different yeah. places yes. and I would hate for somebody to think oh but I didn't do this as a child or oh but I didn't go to drama school yeah. and to think that they can't then yes. come here and do right. this right. so I'm all for different people platforming their stories and their journeys to be like actually look I did it this way you yeah. can do it your way you absolutely know? it's so important it's really important to be able to share this kind of information because you know I am a big advocate for I will disconnect and cut off anything or anyone or any entity that doesn't serve my big picture. Um, even oh, And there are really good people out there. It doesn't mean that they're not a good person. They're not serving your purpose. And sometimes those are really hard decisions to make, but they're important for your big picture. And something like moving to another country um, with two children and a husband who my husband says, you know what, this is your dream. I'm, I'm right here with you. Um, yeah. I haven't, I, I, I've just, and the, and the Tina cast is insane. They're so talented and so warm. It's just such a beautiful 
chemistry that we have. I didn't expect that. I thought I was just gonna, you know, get up there and just sing these great songs that I've always wanted to sing and, and perform. I didn't know the bonus was gonna be the beautiful, beautiful souls that I've experienced. Well, good. I'm I'm pleased to hear that because I can't imagine what coming to this different world has been like. So let's, so free wine more. Yeah. You found yourself in this amazing group mm-hmm. doing incredible things. Was that your dream back then? Was that what you wanted to do? Was was that yes. something you worked well, for? Well, I, I always wanted to sing. I didn't know that it would be in a girls' group. I certainly didn't know it would last 20 years. Um, but after that, I finally was able to do my own solo album, which was an incredible experience. But it was still within the genre that was safe for me, where I had most of my success. But I've always wanted to sing rock and roll, not necessarily the sound of what rock sounds like today, but Mm. like really some of those vocals. I mean, God, that Tina has mastered from her to like, um, you know, Robert Plant, Immigrant Song. Like, I need those kinds of songs in my life so that... I can, you know, roar because I love to roar with my body, with my voice, with my spirit to the universe. And um, and rock and roll, I think, is the genre that most, you know, allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I didn't know how. You don't always know when, how, where. But I just knew that I would be singing my mm-hmm. whole life. And it's the only job I've ever had. And, like, technically, did you have singing teachers when you're younger when you were getting into group were no. your were your vocal cords looked after or were you figuring it out no I just I mean I'm a preacher's daughter so whatever Tina figured out whatever Aretha Franklin figured out whatever whatever Whitney Houston figured out no. Shaka Khan <laughs> you know oh my god the list goes on and like on if it works for them it works for you, me <laughs> you find it you figure it out you're like oh yeah this temperature I noticed my voice is more restricted and oh I need a certain amount of hours of sleep or whatever. You find mm. it. You got to pace yourself with the whiskey. Mm. I love whiskey. Okay, that's noted. I'm afraid there's no whiskey in here right now. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I paced myself yesterday. <laughs> this is very important <laughs> to remember. <laughs> the things that you love and enjoy, those are all good. Just learn how to have them in your life. to Because... Uh, it's Billie Holiday who I actually played yeah. um, that role. And the things I had to do to figure out even how to find that voice, I mean, it couldn't be more different than Tina's voice. When when was that in your timeline? Was that when at the time when you were kind of realizing that you wanted to maybe play Tina Turner? Did, but it, was this early yeah, on? So I literally... Went to Austin, Texas with my husband because he was studying there. And a friend of mine said, you need to you need to do this one show. It's called Sophisticated Ladies. I was like, I'm not an actress. I'm a singer. She was like, all you have to do is sing. You don't really have to act. I was like, ah. Oh. So I agreed to do it. And re- the reason why is because I remembered that I said when I was 19 years old, when I saw that Tina film, I said, if, they're gonna, if they did a movie, they're going to do a show. So I decided... Then in there, I said yes to doing that show. And I did four consecutive shows with this theater with the full intention that I knew one day 
a Tina musical would happen, and I had to be ready. And this was my training ground. So I did about four shows. And what was that like? What was that experience like? It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. I described this theater. It's called the Zack Theater. And the Zack Theater was my womb, the place where I was able to go and figure out things with my body, with my, you know, in my head, how to channel versus mm. acting or saying something I don't, it it was just really eye-opening. Different directors with different mm. styles. I'm like, well, what do you want? And they're like, <laughs> well, no, let me tell you. Show me what you want. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what I want. And then a whole other director is very specific about what he wants. I was like, this is a different world. <laughs> you know, I thought I'd figured out directors, and then I didn't. So, But, yeah, it's fascinating. And am I right in thinking that you first auditioned for Tina on Broadway is that your first yes. introduction to it so you it was when it was coming to Broadway and you went to audition yes and then you didn't get it and you yes. were like oh my goodness what well I was very confused because in my mind and in my heart I knew I had everything that it took to get that role so I said something is I I, I don't know what it is I can't put my finger on it but it doesn't mean that this is not my role. So I just did a little more homework and I just didn't realize because I'm from such a different world in entertainment that if you start a show and you move it, you're probably going to use some of the main people from that. I'm surprised they even had auditions, really. I think legally you have to just say right, it. Okay. And I didn't know, I don't know how that works, right? So I'm like, oh. In audition, and I asked one of my girlfriends on Broadway, I was like, you know, I'm the only one here auditioning for Tina. Why is that? That's so strange. She said, well, honey, probably because we already know who's going to be playing that role. And I was like, what? I thought they needed someone. I was so naive. Um, but I knew that if Adrian came to America, then who's in on the West End? I just needed to tell this story. And it was always supposed to happen. I just didn't know when or how. But mm. it, it came. So then you basically moved your life yes. to London. Yes. And you came here. It was it was an easy decision to make. Had you ever been to London before? Yes, I had. I've I've, you know, done shows and, and concerts here before. But I never lived here, no. And you basically like flew in and you were straight into that audition room and it all happened very quickly. My flight landed <laughs> at like 108. And I just took a train. I still don't know how I found this place, this place to audition. <laughs> I am in London, fresh off the plane with my luggage, looking for this location. I get there, I'm out of breath. There's three or four other girls sitting in line waiting. I have just enough time to go in the bathroom and wipe the sweat off my brow, pull my shoulders back, walk in there, and just started, I can't stand the rain against my window. I just start screaming this song out. And everybody was looking at me like, did you, wait a minute. <laughs> This this is this your luggage? Did you just get off the plane and start singing this song like this? I'm like, yes, I'm ready. This is why I'm here. And yeah, Toby, 
Toby, the, the musical director, I fell in love with him immediately. He's such a brilliant, brilliant mind. And yeah, that's that's how it happened. I just straight in. And do you think because, I mean, like I've already said, I think it's important that we have people who come into theatre from different backgrounds. But did you feel like because you didn't have three years drama school experience and five other West End credits that they put you through your paces? They wanted, did they were they basically making you prove to them that you could do it? Yeah, yes. Um, because end of the day, you do not know who you're signing up with on both ends. If you think you're picky, I, pr- I promise you, you're not pickier than I am when it comes to me performing. So you're not, no, it's not an arrogant thing. It's not, it's nothing like that. It's the knowing. Mm-hmm. And all a master wants is to be in the presence of other masters. And that's where you feel safe. Mm-hmm. So if you're a master of costumes, a master of writing, a master, you're, if you meet me, you will know that I have worked my entire life on cultivating and mastering my talent. Mm. So I think it's a combination of obviously talent, but grit and um, determination and focus and drive. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting combination of things, but I knew that I was the first type of person that was coming in because they knew I didn't know all the rules and the regulation. What's, what's protocol? I still have huge problems with protocol <laughs> and diplomacy. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't understand it. If I understand it, maybe. They're like, well, but it's just normal. This is how it is. Well, the traditions and yeah. the things that, yeah. Well, can... within the system, which in my industry, it, it, we have similar things. Um, but yeah, it's been a major adjustment for me to learn and respect what's in place. At the same time, teaching others how to interact with someone like me who comes into your realm. Mm. It can be a beautiful exchange if everybody's willing to learn and be flexible. Mm. The only person that has trouble with me is someone who's trying to control me. Mm. Everybody else is like, she's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) So random. (laughs) I love that girl. Just ask my husband. Just don't try to control Chanel. She's... (laughs) Uh, anybody else is noted noted <laughs> but what I want to know what your mindset was like because I love Chanel I, I'm obsessed with your mindset of like I want to play this role okay I'm going to move my life to London oh, okay I'm going to jump off a plane and go and smash an audition mm-hmm. like because so many people put up barriers I think yes. in their mind and and half of this industry in this world is navigating that mindset and yes. not seeing those barriers and, and not being like, oh, but who cares if they don't like me or who cares if I get rejected? Yeah. Because we can say that in a flippant way, but actually it's really hard. Rejection yes. is rubbish. Yes. So how did you or, or, or did you maintain that mindset or did you have moments of like, oh, God, I'm embarrassed or what if I don't get this and I look stupid? Like, how yeah. did you navigate that? Of course, because it's what I recognize in myself is my humanity and my spirituality. I am both. I'm a woman. I I, I am, you know, African-American. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. But before all of those things... This person, this little 
little, you know, female body with dark skin and red nails or whatever it is you physically, (laughs) whatever you see, this is not the first thing that walked into this room. The first thing that walked into this room was the force in me. Mm. And when people are confident enough, when you walk into an audition, I, if you quote unquote reject, you're not rejecting this body. It's the force. Either sometimes people are like, oh, that's too much. Or they're like, it's not enough. Or I can't put my finger on it. It's all these things. So I try my best not to take things personal because it's very easy to look at someone and assume something and get it wrong. Mm-hmm. That happens so often. Mm-hmm. And then we, we then take that as a truth. Like I must, when I didn't get that audition on Broadway, I promise you, I did not wonder if I smashed it or not. I just said something else is going on. I'm not personally hurt by this. I'm disappointed because I, I thought this was the way, mm. but it wasn't. Mm. So you have to immediately, not immediately, give yourself time to process you know, a surprise or something, you know, unexpected, process it, let yourself feel it, and go right back to your truth. I'm going to get this. I don't want anybody else's gift. I don't want anybody else's life. I don't want anybody else's money. I don't want anybody else's power. I want mine. And I'm the only one who can get it. It's no one else's priority for me to have those things. It's my priority. And I think when you're working with people that can just appreciate your authenticity without trying to control you and take away a little less of this, a little more of that, because mm-hmm. that's, secu- you know, that's when you become insecure. Totally. And that, um, that's really a sad road to go down. I did experience that when I was, you know, new in the industry. I kept thinking that I must be who these producers are saying that I am. Oh, my voice is too, you know, heavy. <laughs> um, I didn't, my voice wasn't pretty like the other girl's voice. Um, and so I would try to change my sound to fit this random insignificant person with an opinion change my entire gift to please one person um and if you do a lot of that by the time i don't know like do that for like a year two years five years ten years Mm. then who are you and i guess that's why it's so easy i guess in both music and theater to get lost and we see people losing themselves yeah that's very very easy very easy and you know i'll be really honest i have a huge pet peeve with people who have been in the industry long enough intentionally taking advantage of someone young and new and fresh with wide eyes and a wide open heart and you you prey on them it's like didn't that happen to you or someone you cared about. And for some people, they never recover. Mm. They never find themselves. Mm. 
So it just really makes me sad to to witness it. Sometimes I see it and I'm just like, this is, it's so dark. Um, and so I just try to be the absolute opposite example and light. I share, I, if a spotlight is on me on stage, that's where I get my shine on, right? But once I get that attention and now I know I have influence, now I want to take all of that and put it where it's needed. Mm. You know, refuge, for example, for women who are domestically abused and their children. Shine the light then on the homeless, you know, the hungry, the ill, the sick people. Put the light on them. But you've already used your platform, I know we're jumping now, but That's since right. being in Tina, there was a gala, wasn't there, for yes. an amazing charity? Yes, and, for refuge. And was that something that you that <laughs> yeah. you pushed for? Were you involved in you know, that happening? I'm so glad you're asking, about, asking me about this because this is a really special story. When I was, um, you know, when I was contacting Tina, the musical, the company, saying that I wanted to take on this role, I made this, you know how people bargain with God, you know? <laughs> I literally told God, I said, if I get this role, I will not take advantage of the fame, of the attention, like I did when I was in my 20s. I was very famous in my 20s, and then I wasn't. So now you don't have that influence anymore. You don't have that power. And, and, but I was, I, was not, you know, I was ignorant. I should have been better with my, my name and my brand. But I promise God I won't do that. And I started Googling and looking up different agencies that helped women like Tina Turner. I said, because that would be, that would make sense to me. That would be something I could be passionate about. Mm. And I contacted them on email. I hadn't even had the job yet. I told them, I have every intention of moving to London. And when I do, I would love to do something with you um, to bring light to your organization because what you're doing is amazing. And it was almost, I don't know, five or six months into the contract that they found that email and they asked would I come to their gala and sing, and I just was like, it was just another very specific thing that I manifested. Mm. Wow. It's very specific. That's incredible. I mean, and obviously, anyone who's seen Tina the musical will know, well, who knows about Tina's life story, yeah. will know what she went through, and there's some really dark times in there. So the fact that then her musical and you doing this role can be used to impact some goods for other people in that same situation is really yeah. special. Yeah. So special. So sorry, you were in the audition process. Mm -hmm. You were going at it. You were like, you were being you. You were being your authentic self. You were getting at it. What kind of preparation were you doing? You said you never acted before. Yeah. You were an actor. Mm -hmm. um, how were you going through these rounds? How were you approaching this material? Was it the team there that were helping mm. you? Were you seeking help from elsewhere? What happened? No. Ah, <laughs> no. don't do this to me. No, I did not. <laughs> I stayed in a hotel in on Airbnb in, in Angel, because I heard that's where all the cool artists live. <laughs> did it live up, side note, did it live up to expectation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so funky, so cool. I was like, oh, I love it. To be, yeah. And um, no, I would just be in my room 
with my phone and I would record myself um, and I would listen back to myself and say, that sounds fake. Doesn't sound like I'm, sounds like I'm reading a, a script. Right. So I would say it over and over until it didn't sound, so that it sound like I was having a conversation. So that's how I figured that part out. Um, the, the dancing, there was a gym next to my hotel mm-hmm. and I guess an aerobics room. Right. No one was ever in there. And I would bring my little speaker and I'd have that whole damn room to myself, mirrors and all. And I'd just run around kicking, spinning to all these Tina songs. That's how I physically conditioned myself to be able to do it. I just mm. like just figured it out. It's a certain feeling your body is supposed to have and you know when it's in your body. Yeah, no, I just I did call my friend in America. His name is Dominique. Dominique is a really great choreographer in the States. He does like dancing with the stars, all this stuff. Wow. And I asked him, I said, you know, I just got out of this, um, my first audition. I said, and the casting director said, I'll see you at dance call. Dance call. I didn't, I was like, I don't know what a dance call is. (laughs) And he was like, are you sure she didn't say, what was it? Um, Like movement call. Movement. Yeah, and I was like, no, I. she definitely didn't say movement. She said, he was like, oh, boy, okay, this is like, this is intense, be be ready. So I got really nervous, so I had no idea what I was walking into when I got to the dance call. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed. I walked in, and every girl is 19, 22, max 25. Here I am. 44 in my prime. Uh, hello. And I walk in with the longest, beautiful wig. I've, my favorite one, I call her Diana. <laughs> they all have names. They're all my girlfriends. I brought Diana with me. And I had on, and I went to a dance shoe place, and everyone said, This is the place you go for dance shoes. So I was like, well, If I'm going to a dance call, right. I have to get yeah. dancing shoes. So I buy these shoes. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And I come to the dance call, and every girl is in sweats and tennis shoes. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, like jazz shoes, or in... no, no, like like running shoes. Like, oh, like like trainers. Trainers, yeah. They're in trainers, but I'm in these two hundred pound dance shoes that I said I'm supposed to have so that I can do a good job. I I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I get there, and these girls, I've never seen legs go that high in the sky so fast. I'm thinking, this is not going to go well. You know what I did, though? I said, I'm going to be the best version of Chanel. They will see me channeling Tina Turner. If a 44-year-old Tina Turner came into a dance call, how would she present herself? How would she move? And that's what I did. I, I can't do that. That's not what I do. I don't do, I, that's, no. But I would work that wig like Tina would work her wig. I do her physicalities, her mannerisms, because no one is doing that. They're just executing mm-hmm. what's required. I will, oh, and they give you these steps so fast. I'm like, wait a minute. You want me to do it right now? <laughs> so fast. <laughs> 
And the girls were like, okay, got it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but yeah. But look, I mean, you did something right. So did it, did it, how how long was this process taking? When did you get the the call to say? Because you originally were all, you was for an alternate position, right? Yes, yes. And then that changed. <laughs> um, I was it like months? Was it lots of rounds? It took me about two months. Wow. Okay. But to your point of like, who? What? Because this is the first for them. How bad does she want this? Is she really the musical director, Nick Silverback? This he's a oh god, like it's truly a genius. And just watching him pace the room while I was singing, and his, I could tell he was hearing things on many levels, like not just the obvious things. And I was like, he, I must have sang River Deep Mountain High about five times. (gasps) It felt like 10 times, but it was maybe five, beginning to end. Much later, he told me he was pushing to see how, when will I break? Right, yeah. Because if your voice can't hold up to him, you're probably going to have some vocal issues very early on in the show. Mm. I sang that damn song five times. I almost started crying and I refused. Um, and he would ask for other songs like, can you sing this from a broken heart but with a smile on your face? Right, You yeah. know, these kinds of things. Um, and I remember singing one song. I, I hadn't ever sang it before. I knew it, but I'd never sang it. And I just, he was on the piano, and I just put my hand on his shoulder, which I'm sure I was breaking some kind of protocol rule or something again. But I needed to feel a human connection so that they could feel what I was feeling. And right before I started singing it, I, I cried a little bit. I was emotional, and he was like, are you okay? I said, I'm okay, just, I'm ready. And I sang it, um, because nothing about this is um, automatic. It's not me just trying to get you to hire me or to like me. Yeah. This is a personal journey. It's what it means to me. It is my experience. I need a pause to process that I'm about to sing a song of Tina's that I've never even sang for people before. This is special to me. So that's, I think, what fans or patrons, theater goers, whoever, that's what they deserve, is that vulnerability. Um, you're fully exposed. Mm-hmm. And you have to move them. That's your job. That's, if anything, that is why I'm there. I'm not just entertaining is great. Most people can do that mm. in this field. But very few can move you. Mm. And that's a different kind of animal altogether. So figuring out how to bring all this together in two months, because I had two months to prepare, I was going to acupuncture. I was like, can you look at my knees? Because I've never walked so much in my life. All these trains and buses. And... So the lady was like putting electric 
um, <laughs> pins in my knees because I thought, I was like, God, I can't that get this far when so my knees go out on me. But it was because... But like, one of the biggest challenges before <laughs> the, the roll is just the tube. <laughs> the tube. I'm like, That's the funniest thing this ever. is a lot of work. <laughs> and I can't drive. You see me on the BBC, poor girl, came all the way here, almost got the job, and she drove up on a building because she doesn't know what side of the street to drive on. Like, <sighs> So I was like, I can't drive. I have to figure out the system, how to... So now, Bolt is my best friend. Bolt is good, right? Yeah. That's like my way. Because after the two two and a half hours of that show, I'm not... I can't. I, maybe 10, 20 years ago, but... Honey, I get a call every... <laughs> unless I'm in the... Like today, I took the train. Because I love Oxford. Like, it's, a, it's an experience. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like every day, <laughs> it's the energy that I'll be carrying into the rest of my year. I think <laughs> I'll be like, look, I have this suitcase. I I got all this stuff here in the tube. Yeah, yeah. I need to be like Andrew. <laughs> now, nah, mate, you need to get an Uber to work. It's half. Of, I just did a show just getting on the tubes. Like just the energy kept people. Oh, squ- I like that as well. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm here now. I've done a show today. Yeah. See, I've got here on the train. Well, no, I can, I can, I can totally get that because you, you also were having to adjust to this different yeah. world in in multiple ways of yeah. the theatre industry and of being in this different country and this different place with different people who have different expectations. Yes, and, like you said, all these different protocols. So then, tell me about getting the job. Yeah, it was around Christmas. I remember it was in December. They called, and. I just remember thinking, this is the best Christmas gift ever. Um, My husband was with me. We were holding hands when the call came in. And I just, I felt such a release. Um, um, It was almost like out-of-body experience because it's something I'd been wanting since I was Mm -hmm. 19. I remember saying, I just want to be in her orbit. I don't know how, and you know how crazy my friends thought I was? They're like, this girl is still talking about Tita Turner. What is she doing? And especially once I had my baby. So I have two boys. My first son I adopted when he was three. Wow. And um, because my brother passed away of a drug overdose, actually, while I was doing Billie Holiday, who also died of a... It was the certainly the darkest time of my life. And then this, after trying for seven years to have a child, and I always knew I'd have a son, because that's my other gigantic thing I had to manifest, but it's the one thing I couldn't control. You can't control conceiving. I adopted my, my nephew... He became my son in one week. My husband and I naturally conceived with Alexander. And so at 41, I had two little boys. <laughs> and my whole life changed. Um, and my whole body changed too. Because I've never not been a tiny lady. 
So I'm just like mm-hmm. exploding, like I'm all over the place, big old belly, um, <laughs> and trying to hold a little three-year-old who you I'm potty training. You could not achieve in that in those times. Oh no! <laughs> and so I drove everywhere. You know, we had two cars. Greg had a car. I had a car. Like I, you cannot walk in LA. You, you people. It's just everything is so far away. But yeah, that it was a huge adjustment to become a mother, learn this role. Transportation is completely another thing altogether because I just never walked that much in my life. I was walking a lot. And then coming to those 12-hour rehearsals. So mentally, I was really tired. But I knew I was creating a badass lifestyle for my children. They're going to get to travel the world, this country, um, this continent, and explore. We're literally going to Rome for the purpose of little Alexander going into the Colosseum and roaring. We're going to roar together. Wow. I want our sound, our roar to mingle with all the roars of the gladiators and the the lions and the elephants and everyone else over the centuries. And then Zion, we're taking him to Florence like three days later so that he can paint. He's going to take a painting class so that he can paint in the same city of the greatest artists the world has ever known. So, and whatever it is, I don't care if it's a, a dot, we're putting it on the wall. This is your work in Florence when you were seven. All you have to do is collect good moments all through your life. By the time you're an old man or old woman, you are a collection of those things. Mm-hmm. That's what determines, oh, I had a good life. Mm-hmm. If you're just collecting a lot of negativity, accepting all the no's as as true, by the time your your years are almost up, you're like, this sucked. Now I'm out of time and I can't go back and change that. So we're young enough to be aware and conscious. Just keep, even bad things happen, that's fine. Counter it with a good moment every day, and you will have a good life. Period. Mm. You're gonna. I'll say this one more. This one last thing. I always say. Um, you're gonna be one or the other. There's everybody knows the sweet old lady, or the grumpy old lady. Sweet old man, grumpy old man. The sweet old lady, sweet old man. They have no regrets. Mm none they live their life the way they want it even if it wasn't perfect they're not bitter and they're not wishing they could you know have some different life they're at peace the grumpy old man the grumpy old lady they're out of time and they are pissed off they're so mad that they can't make those different choices and collect those good moments. So which one will you be? (laughs) 
I, I asked myself, which old lady will I be? And, yeah. That's what you said. I, I didn't question you at the time, but at the start of this interview, when I said what gear are you in, and you said I wake up in the morning and I decide who I'm yeah. going to be today, I was on, was on my tongue to say, but do you decide or does like your body tell yeah. you? But actually there is a decision to be made, isn't there? And you can kind of choose what kind of energy you're going to put out in the world. And then that should True. be it what, just went up. Yeah. what you get back. You're right. Um, which is really interesting. Um, so you got through the process, you yes. get offered the role, and then you rehearse it. Yes. You're ready. Mm-hmm. And then there's a pandemic. Yes. And you end up, well, I don't know, did you go back home or did you stay in London? I stayed a little bit longer because I thought it was just going to be a few weeks. And um, I realized that is not the case. So I just got my flat. It was on Shaftesbury <gasps> across the street from Les Mis. <gasps> I, I could literally see the sign through my kitchen window. It was really hard to find that cute little spot. And anyway, after two months, I said, I, I can't, I have to go home. I'm not, I have to, I have two children. Like, and so one of my girlfriends here helped me f- and had to take all my things out of my, I had just bought everything, all new furniture. It was fully burnt, everything. Oh my gosh. People are always, they're like, were you just devastated? Were you just so disappointed? And to be very honest, I wasn't because, one, I again, I just thought it was going to be a few weeks anyway. And I thought it would allow me to get this in my bones. Mm-hmm. I technically would have been ready, but whoever would have witnessed my performance, they would have had a good time. I would have been tortured and afraid and, you know, questioning myself. And I it's quick, I guess. It's, it's a quick, quick process. Um, I've, for, I mean, not maybe not for, you know, the average, I mean, someone who's trained to do this, their their mind, they mm. know how to adapt and do all that. It's, I've, I've never done that. I learned all of that in two months. Um, and I had a um, fitness trainer. Mm-hmm vocal coach, the director, the choreographer, um, my acupuncturist on the side. That was my little extra thing. <laughs> I mean, just imagine how many times I'm just on a tube going in every direction. Where is it? On my phone, Where's where am I? Oh, is it this building? And the whole ground level versus first floor. I was like... It's on the ground or underground. I was so lost. We don't have any of that. I was like, the basement? <laughs> did you find this okay today? I did. Now I'm totally used to it now. Like I'm, you're, you're a Londoner. <clears throat> yeah, I get it now. But man, I was like, so what, what, when I walk in, what do you call that level? That's ground level. When you walk in, yeah. whatever you, the, yeah. this level of yeah, the street that's is ground. The ground. Yeah, I, for us. We don't even have ground level. It's just it's the first floor. Right. So if you got up a level, then it's first floor. Yeah. Which oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm here. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, I'm here. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm on the right level. 
and it really is difficult because because of my dyslexia i i get numbers turned around and and mm-hmm. you know trying to remember did you say up or down it's a it's just a question chanel up or down so if i focus and say they definitely said up they definitely said up that's not going to help me cuz somehow mm-hmm. my brain will go back to was it definitely not up or definitely up? You see what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Confused. So navigating um, on my own was an adventure, but something I'm, and not but, and something I'm very proud that I was able to experience and achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then take two. Yes. <laughs> Everything's kind of reopening. Yes. You come back over. Mm-hmm. You have been working. You are ready. Yes. Almost like stronger than you were before. Yeah. And then you had that first show. It yeah. happened. It happened. What happened? Oh. I. I cried. Oh, I can see t- I can see your eyes. <laughs> I always say to people, I'm not a trained therapist, so be really careful what happens in this <laughs> Chanel. Because you just brought me back to that oh. moment. It's the moment at the end um, when it's your finally your bow. It's a really sacred little space because just for one second, it's you. Because you've just been channeling, telling her story. And now you did it. And it doesn't help that you're on a pedestal. I mean, you're at the top and your hands are up. And the entire cast is leaning in towards you. And the audience is in tears and joy and laughter. And People can't see. Chanel is on her feet oh, acting yeah, this I'm, out. I'm just, yeah. It, it just, it felt like a wind, like a whirlwind. And it swooped us all up together in this, this euphoric experience. And it wasn't that I was bigger or greater you know, because I was playing Tina, I became one with my purpose, with Tina and her story, with the people that I've been working with all these months. To, it just felt like home, like all that. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't making this up. You know, all this is happening in my mind when I, I stood up there um and to see my husband oh my god he was just falling apart out there just really moved were your kids there no no have they seen it now they've seen like the the in the the right. mega mix yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. dancing and stuff but yeah i'm not ready for them to see somebody choking mama and you know all the other gruesome things but yeah um no he he was definitely that one human being in the room that saw me cry on my pillow um, when the pandemic happened and I'm still trying to remember all this stuff the choreography and my baby is saying mommy hold me I all these things you know really um, meant a lot to me for him to be in the room because he's the only person 
my family that was present. And had seen what, exactly everything that happened. So have you got into the routine of it? Is that a thing? Is, is this a role that you can get used to doing? Yes and no. <laughs> this is not a normal role. I mean, I'm no. sure you've, you've said you've seen a few other shows now. Like, this is... Tina is up there. There's a few, obviously, like Effie White or Alphabet. Yeah. There's a Frankie Valley. There's a few roles yes. like this, yes. which are, require somebody, you know, to give up their life, essentially. Yeah. Absolutely. It's... <laughs> you think about the two and a half hours you have to be on stage. That's nothing compared to the hours of your day that are built around making sure you can do those two and a half hours. And so to be in a building that often, that ready, prepared to channel, the places I have to go in my mind, I would never even say <laughs> to anyone. They would be like, because I think they describe me as a method actress okay you're like very you you approach everything you become her you are her almost yes. like in the wings or you just you get into tina mode and you are tina i am i am her i got punched in the eye by mistake you know it's choreographed you're supposed to you know i know how it's supposed to happen but for whatever reason the guy he just missed his own fist <laughs> and socked me in the eye and then you fling you know then I flip and then I have to stop him and say you know don't stop stop well he even asked me he's like something felt different I'm like yeah my face (laughs) that you hit it wasn't and but you know what I did immediately I said this is exactly what it feels like to still have to do the show with a black eye I mean, my eye didn't turn black, thank God, but you just put makeup on it and you keep and you do the show. Mm. Or you wear really amazing sunglasses and you do the show. And that was the first time I've ever been hit by a man. And I'm telling the story of a woman who was beaten so many years of her life. So I just, so I, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't know how long. I could do it. I'll know when I get there. I'm certainly not at that place now. But there is an expiration date. <laughs> it's it's and because also my standards are so high. Yeah. And I cannot and will never get on that stage half ass. I don't know if I could say that on. You can say what I you can't. Will. I can't do that. And so what it cost me to do that show every night is a lot of emotion. I mean, I, and I can spiritually feel things. Um, sometimes I can feel my brother's presence there supporting me when wow. I'm really weak and tired. Mm. He would do this thing where he'd like ball his top lip up when he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and he had perfect white teeth just like an angel perfect white smile and it's always in uh river d mountain high because it's certain you know certain stages in the show is you're the tiredest and vocally that song there's nothing else going on Mm -hmm. it is your voice 
It's exposing. It's very exposing. And it's one of her most iconic songs. So I have, you can't improvise and say, ah, my voice is not there, so I'm just going to do this little ring-a-ding-ding. No. And Tina sings from at least five places. The head, the nose, Mm. her throat, her diaphragm, and then there's a whole nother pocket happening in the back of the throat that's animal-like. And, yeah, the nays, all these places, and they're in that song. They're in all the songs, but Mm. they're really exposing that in that song, and I'm just like, come on, Chanel. In my hands, I'm always kind of... (laughs) you know, trying to reach for the song. But I remember one of one of the notes I got was, you know, this song is not not a lot supposed to be happening. You're not supposed to, because all the other songs you're doing this and that, you have to just stand there and sing, just your voice. No, just try not to do anything. So at first I did that because that's the direction I was given. But I said, you, um... Pardon me. (laughs) When you're in a studio, you're doing everything but just standing there because especially if you're a certain kind of vocalist, that you're it's like painting, it's like sketching, it's really fine the places you have to access in your brain. And so your hands are doing things. Your everyone has their thing of how they're they find their mm, mm. voice. So I just told them, I was like, let's just, just, can I just do this scene like a person would record a song in the studio? And so they've been gracious to let me just, I mean, I'm not all over the place, but you have to express it because it's hard to sing that song. So at least let me do the scratching like and to get it and yeah to get access to it so they're like okay <laughs> i'm like thank you <laughs> and at the end i mean it becomes a concert. Yeah, concert but what i love is that from when i've seen the show before i've seen it twice before yes. and both times i could feel that the audience had latched on to the actor playing yes. tina that there was a relationship there. And whilst they were partying and living their best life, they were also kind of thanking yes. that person. Yes. And, you know, there's so it, it's amazing to see how, you know, Tina's obviously changed your life and yes. has touched you in a big way. And she has changed so many people's lives and so many people are so thankful for her music and that it continues to help them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get these massive fans who are there who are living their yes. best life. Yes. And they want to basically... Thank you. And you must feel that payoff from the audience every time you do it. You must feel that they are with you and that they are basically wanting to thank you. It's very humbling. Very humbling. I mean, you've just been in a... This is how I describe it. We are in a relationship (laughs) for two and a half hours. Um. I'm going to introduce myself. They'll be like, who is this girl <laughs> out here trying to be Tina Turner? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, yeah. you know? But especially someone that's not even, no one here has heard of me. 
they're they're just taking a chance. I don't have a history of being a strong actress. Um, And so for them to appreciate my storytelling, my little heart just want to explode. I'm just... Yeah. Just so overjoyed. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful culmination of things at the end where they've fallen in love with you and you've fallen in love with them. And mm-hmm. I always, at the end, I say, I love you, London. <laughs> I really do. Well, <laughs> do you love us enough to stay, like, going forwards? I know you're not near your expiry date just yet. Yes. But... Can you imagine doing other theatre or doing other work here? Like, what's you're gonna go back and leave us? What's no, gonna happen? No, I don't. I don't feel like I'm going to leave. I think, and it's so funny because more than me loving London so much, I love seeing my sons thrive. Mm. They're just having a ball. They they're healthy and happy, and they have their little friends, and I'm the cool mom. <laughs> you know, I'm the Tina Turner mom, and it's so cute to see my seven-year-old come home and say, "Mommy, there's a girl. I won't say her name on the radio." And she's like, "Mom, she says you're not really my mom, and not, my mom is not really Tina Turner, and that 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 you're not famous." I said, "Did she?" Ooh, honey, I got him a little Tina bag with like all the paraphernalia, a gold marker, and you autograph, you send this to your friends in your class and say, this is a gift from me and my mommy, from Zion and Chanel. Yes. And he just, I just loved seeing his little face. It's like, oh mommy, this is a perfect idea. They're so happy and well adjusted. And so yeah, for that purpose, I want to stay in London longer and my home is very hard to leave it's so wait so you back out on Shaftesbury Avenue opposite Les Mis no, or somewhere else I'm in Pimlico ah yeah well okay. once I bought the boys I was like I can't be in Soho this is crazy like, <laughs> this is no place for a child no. <laughs> but it just shows you how naive I was I just was like this is awesome <laughs> this is where I'm living I'm <laughs> you know and then after being there two months, I'm like, Ooh, I don't want my child seeing that on a mm, Saturday night or hearing that. I could see and hear everything out of that window. Oh, I was like, this is not going to work. So, yeah, then I went, I found a place in Pimlico that is just perfect. Because I, so my criteria was near, very close to a station. Because mm-hmm. all this walking. I can't handle it. <laughs> I got to just get to the station. And other was walkable to their school and central. Yeah, yeah just yeah, not yeah. too far from the theater so that if I didn't, whatever. So, yeah, I found that it's the perfect location. It's really lovely. Um, and it has an elevator. Wow, which is very unusual for London. When I, when that agent showed me the place... We walked through the door. He pushed that elevator button. I said, I don't care what that unit looks like. I really didn't care. I'll take I, it. I decided in that moment. When I, and that elevator opened, said, said, 
you are on ground level. I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> You're my new friend. This is where I'm living. <laughs> but would you do more shows? Would you stay in theatre? Or would you go back to music? Or what would you want to be doing? I don't think... I never imagined any other musical or in theatre. It's because I, I don't know what show that would want make me want to commit to it like I've committed to Tina. I know I don't know if that sounds weird or, or not, but um I can't imagine anything else like if somebody's like, "Yeah, so Mary Poppins, there's a spot for you over there." It's like, "Why would I choose only because it's, this is every day that I'm away from my kids. So the sacrifices mm-hmm. have to match with... You know, the the value, essentially. The value. What it's worth. Yeah. Um, is it worth your time? Is yeah. it worth... And that's something... I talk to a lot of people, actually, when they're starting out in this industry, well, if they do go to drama school, whatever, they say, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And then you realise about saying no or about what is right for you and what you do yeah. want to be doing. And, I mean, you are there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, well, if you don't know, they will tell you your value. Mm. And that's a really bad idea because then it takes you a really long time to reset and figure out what your actual value is. So the earlier you can figure out what that is, you determine, you decide. You know what? And (laughs) my husband, God bless him, he, we were, I refused to work during the pandemic. I, I was like, I I know a lot of people like, okay, I'm just going to pick up a job just to help pay the bills. Or mm. they'll do a show for like half of what they normally would get, whatever, things like that. I told him, I cannot, I will eat beans and rice every day before I say yes to one promoter who's going to offer me half of my value because immediately he's going to tell everybody else the bargain he got and they will all determine this is her value. I said, are you cool with holding me down? Can you take care? Because trust me, baby, on the other side, I can't do that because I know my value. And he was like, I got you. Don't worry. We're fine. And... I, when I I won't say it on radio, but I'll tell you I have been able to make sure that my value is seen and heard mm. and appreciated because I'm giving blood, sweat, and tears. I fall on I cut my knee open running into a a spotlight. Cause the start, the you know, stage went dark, and I was disoriented. Like, which wing? Does my blood is on that stage? So, not just mine. There's other people that have bled, but it's you. Before I, I say this one last thing, and then I gotta get a cheeseburger. (laughs) I told certain individuals that 
Before I did this show, I sang my sons to sleep every night. My voice, without a microphone, without musicians and applause, and it's a mother singing to her baby. And it's a song that I wrote for them, when Alexander, when he was born. And I sang it to him every night of his life until I started doing the show because six days a week I had to be in the building regardless. And this was really causing me some real anxiety because I'm not putting them to sleep anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just say I came to a point where I said, I assure you, you cannot afford me. You can't afford me. It's not personal. What I'm get my I will never get those that year back. And I don't put a price on that. You can't put a price on it. So this is why when you enter any agreement, a contract with anyone, don't just look at the dollar amount. Don't even just look at the time frame of like, you know, how long the contract is. Think about the whole other part of your life, how that will still thrive. Because you need both to be a whole, balanced, healthy person. Because hmm. I was like, this is, this is imbalanced. I can't do this. I'm not, no. And they're like, but this is standard. Mm. Well, sometimes standard doesn't work. Sometimes the rules need to change to serve. You want, you want, you want this. You want this on stage. This is what this person needs, not the talent, the person. We are in. We are people. I know I'm making a lot of people mad right now. And a lot of people happy right now with what I'm saying. But we are beautiful, exquisite beings that are placing ourselves in front of mass, a mass of people. We need specific, unique things to be able to do it well. So protect that. Chanel. How dare you come into my podcast studio and break me like what? this? <laughs> <laughs> this is not been thank what you. I was expecting, but thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. Can I just say one thing, actually? The theatre community are very loyal. Yes. So even if you don't stay doing shows, whether yes. you're doing intimate cabarets yeah. or gigs or things, you'll be surprised that you'll get people there who'll be like, I saw you and Tina yeah. four times, etc. Like yeah. They will stick with you and they will want to see what you're doing next. I've... Let me say, my Instagram, it's my favorite place to go into my messages. Yeah, 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 your DMs. DMs. I get the most beautiful reactions, responses, stories that I can't, you know, everyone, when the show is over, everyone just goes home. But I care, like, who was out there? How did it change you? Were you moved? Do you feel stronger? There are people sitting there who their abuser is sitting next to them watching the show. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And when I get an email, uh, not an email, a message, a message from this person who says, 
That was the last night. That was it. I got my strength that night. So I am Chanel Haynes on Instagram. Please come there and share with me what your experience is because this this is what gives me my fuel. Mm. It keeps me, you know, really grounded and connected. And so I have so many of those beautiful stories and I'd like to hear more of them. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Before you go... I have something for you. I was like, what do I get? A Grammy nominee who's turned West End superstar. And I said, I'll get them a West End frame mug. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, Just what is missing from your mantelpiece. You know, I am obsessed with getting, like, like any art. (laughs) Like, my hats are hand one of a kind. Like, these London artists and... No one in LA has this. I must have prayed about absolutely not. Come on. Did you see Rihanna Louise? She had a lovely picture in, some, I sure in her Tina costume. Yeah, she was oh. oh, you know what? I'm going to take a picture as well with, with mine in my dressing room. <laughs> and maybe Rihanna and I can toast. We'll do Stop that. Stop it. That, yeah, would, that, would, that really would finish cute. me off. Okay, we're doing it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to okay. die. Thank okay. you. Go and get your cheeseburger. Have an amazing show tonight. Thank you. And I'm sending you all my love. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You can see Chanel as Tina Turner in Tina the Musical at the Aldrich Theatre in the West End. The show is currently booking through to the 18th of December this year. Thank you so much to Chanel for taking time out of her schedule to record this episode of In The Frame. I'm so pleased she reached out. It was such a pleasure to sit down and have this conversation. I was absolutely in awe she was on her feet moving around Uh, her body was telling me the story and i'm just so grateful i had the best time if you're enjoying this season of in the frame hit that follow button make sure you subscribe you can even leave us an apple podcast rating or review and we love hearing from you so follow west end frame on the twitter on the instagram and on the facebook Check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, for your weekly stagey catch-up. And come back next Friday for another brand new episode of In The Frame. But until then, thank you for listening. Bye.